Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. This episode of The Ringer F1 Show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Ringer F1 Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark. Crossover episode with Slow News Day this weekend ahead of the Austin U.S. Grand Prix. Valtteri Botas joins the show. Really great discussion. If you want to see video of this, um, it is on the Slow Newsday feed on Spotify. Uh, also be on my Twitter account and all that stuff. But the full episode will be on Slow Newsday, which is our normal football show that runs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, we don't talk F1 all that much. However, we have had three F1 drivers now on the show. It's a short digital video show if you've never seen it before. Um, uh, Pierre Gasly was on it earlier this year. We also ran that episode on this feed. And then this time last year, George Russell was on it. And that was a great discussion. Um, this discussion is awesome as well. Uh, cost cap overrun, great racing discussion, some talk about his time in Lawrence, Kansas. I love this discussion. Here he is. Valtteri <laughs> Bottas, uh, one of my favorite drivers in F1, one of America's favorite drivers. Uh, you're spending some time in America. You were in Kansas last week bicycling. Tell us about that. Yeah, I actually love spending time in the US. It's always really, really good fun. And uh, it's uh, a gravel race that I did in, in Lawrence, Kansas that I did last year already. So I decided to go back because it was yeah, quite nicely took just a weekend before Austin Grand Prix. So did it together with my, with my girlfriend and yeah. it went well. I won the race. So good. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I saw that you won. Uh, tell me about how you enjoy Lawrence, Kansas, because that's not like I've been to Lawrence. I've been to Kansas. I've been to that area of the country, but it's not a popular tourist destination. How do you enjoy that when, you, when you're in that region of the country? Actually, I, I like it. You know, it's obviously uh, it's a student town. Uh, there's plenty of good restaurants and, and bars and stuff. And, uh, and for riding is great because it, you have a lot of quiet roads, uh, quiet gravel roads some single track as well so for an event like that it's actually pretty nice and then on the last day i had to spend time to spend a bit of time in in kansas city um just had a look and uh yeah i mean it's nice to explore uh, many people told me as well that it's quite a random place to go but i don't mind <laughs> no i i like it especially this time of the year leaves are changing it's great um do you know like you know obviously you're in kansas city probably the kansas city chiefs are playing there are you a big uh american sports fan at all do you know much about it I have to admit that not hugely, you know, I, I do love winter sports, um, especially ice hockey. I would say that's my favorite sport to follow, but the other sports, not that much apart from, from cycling. 
Got it. Um, all right. So tell me about, you know, obviously you come out yesterday and had some strong words on um, Red Bull and the cost cap breach and all of that stuff. And I'm curious, um, you know, I think everybody's watching what happens over the next couple of weeks and months uh, as far as punishment goes to inform how strict they'll be going forward. And I'm curious what you think a, a, a proper penalty would be for a team like Red Bull that goes over, because I think if it's just a slap on the wrist, uh, and I, I know a lot of people said this, not just you, but Lewis as well, and, and a handful of other drivers, the teams are going to be incentivized to do this. And I'm curious what you think the process should be and what a, a just punishment would be. That's a good question. Obviously, I don't know the full details, and I think they're still debating, and Red Bull is kind of defending that they think they have been within the, the budget cap. But yeah, I... I'm not in FIA or I've not been in those discussions, but if it is really the case that they've reached the budget cap, um, it's, uh, it's basically cheating. You know, it's, it is not obeying the, the rules and there's many different rules in F1 and that's one of them. So it is unfair to others if that has happened. Uh, so there should be a proper penalty for it. Yeah. Yeah, whether you pay for it is tricky, you know, because obviously they did gain an advantage last year and... You can't have that back, you know, that's happened already. Um, I just really hope that there's a penalty that includes somehow last year, but also this year, because for sure they've gained for this year as well. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a fascinating test case, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it is, same as everybody else on the grid. Um, you know, I, I heard some of your comments going into this season about, obviously, you have to be realistic going from Mercedes to Alpha and understanding that you're not going to be competing for a driver's championship or, or, or a constructor's championship. But obviously, you've had point scoring. You've had great weekends um, with Alpha this week, this year, excuse me. And I'm curious how you view success this year. Has this year been a success for you? Yeah, definitely. Like now, for me, success and where do I get the rewarding feeling is different in terms of the, the results than in the last two years. Right. And I had to reset my goals. And the goal for me is now uh, long term. Uh, in the next years to come to be successful as a team and accepting that nothing happens overnight. So I would consider this year as pretty successful for the first year together, especially the first half of the year was was mm -hmm. uh, beyond, I would say, expectations for the first year mm -hmm. together. But since then, we've definitely faced some challenges that if we can learn from them and improve with the ne next year's car, uh, that's going to make us stronger. So yeah, for me, like, those some results that I had, like finishing fifth or sixth, that was so rewarding, you know, to be in the team that in the last two years was finishing, you know, close to the back back, back end of the grid pretty much every race. So, um, yes, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's a different mindset, of course, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, what's one thing that surprised you about this season? Could, could be anything um, with, with your driving, with your experience, with something you've been pleasantly surprised by or unpleasantly surprised. Doesn't matter. What's the biggest surprise for you this year? Biggest surprise this year is, is seeing how the midfield has evolved. Like we, some improvements, you know, example, what Alpine has been able to do throughout yeah. the year, uh, even McLaren. Um, and I was never surprised the rate of improvement Mercedes was able to do, but I was surprised how uh, poor their beginning of the year it was. But they yeah. obviously recovered since. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting in terms of how the uh, performance has shifted throughout the year. I'm curious, next year is going to be the longest F1 season in history. And it seems like, you know, you love traveling, obviously. You love the experience part of it. But at some point, it becomes too much. 
if you were, I know you jo- you said earlier you're not you're not in the FIA, but if you were, if you're making decisions like this about how many races can happen in a season, that sort of thing, how much travel there can be, um, what would your ideal F1 schedule look like? Um, I feel like, in terms of the amount of races, we're approaching the the limit. I think next year, on my feeling, is still going to be okay. But if if it starts to be more than that, then you start to need a bit of a bit more rotation in the team, in the staff which would be more expensive for the team to have more people uh, and we have a budget cap. So it's for me, it's um, at some point there's a limit that more is not maybe better. <laughs> um, but uh, I think for now it's good. I think F1 is booming everywhere, uh, especially in the US. So it's good to have a few more, another new race in the, in the US next year, definitely in, in Vegas. Uh, but the calendar, like logistically, if I could decide it, you know, you would have the European races all you know, bunched together. Then you would have the US races bunched together. Uh, and then the Asian races bunched together instead right. of like going around the world five times in a year. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's, it's, it's constructed now, I'm curious if veteran drivers, whether that's you, whether that's Lewis, I mean, anyway, obviously you know, Daniel Ricciardo is going to be off the grid next year, but who knows about his return. Is it the kind of thing where it gets to be such a grind that maybe you step back two or three years early because you say, I just don't want to do this again? Or, or is, is the trade-off and the experience enough to keep you, to keep you around for maybe the, the normal length of, of a career? I think it's like if you still have the motivation and the passion for the driving, you do it anyway, you know, no matter if you spend less time at home. Um, if you just still love the driving and the racing, then you're going to want to stick around. Uh, but at some point, yeah, when you lose that passion and the, the, the rewarding feeling it gives to you, then, then it's time to step away because obviously it is uh, time-consuming and it's a stressful sport and, and so on. But um, yeah, I still definitely have a few more years, even though if there would be, let's say, 26 races, I would yeah. still stick around. <laughs> uh, I want to talk, you mentioned how you like the American races. What, first of all, I mean, you're okay with three American races next year, I would say. Is, is, that, is that what I'm reading into? Okay. Yep. What, what do you like about American races? I like the, the feeling, the atmosphere, the entertainment is like really good. It feels like in, in the US, the organizers, they really know how to entertain people. Like, like here, example, there's much more than just a race. Like the whole town is really, there's a nice vibe and, you know, there's concerts and all kinds of activation happening for, for the fans. So I would say the entertainment part is pretty cool. And, and especially now with F1 has gained so much more popularity in the recent years, there's even better atmosphere than, than before. So yeah, they know how to put a great sports event here. So it's interesting because I think in a lot of sports, um, as you know, whether that's European soccer or whatever, people say that the American atmosphere can sometimes be worse or more professional or more sterile. You think that American F1 races do have kind of a, a different feel and, and, a, and a heightened atmosphere a little bit? It's great atmosphere. It's uh, yeah, one of my favorite events, if not Amazing. favorite events on the, on the calendar. So I would always come back. So maybe one day I'll be racing in the US. Oh, I would love it. Have you have you have you thought about that seriously? Whether that's the one off with with NASCAR that that Kimmy did a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, IndyCar. Um, you know, it, it, there's there's certainly a lot of fast cars over here. Have you thought about a, a future in the US? Uh, I have actually. I still definitely have few few more years in F1, no doubt. I still feel like I have, of course. Uh, things to give for for this sport but um yeah eventually i have thought about it um indycar is quite interesting but uh we'll see i don't really yet ha- have to have to think about it too much but eventually i will have to but uh yeah you never know 
What appeals to you about IndyCar? Just obviously you have the 500. I mean, obviously Marcus won that a couple of months ago. It's a, it's, it's a glamour event, but just the, what, what about the sport sticks out to you? It's for me, it's like, it seems like it's pretty, pretty cool series. You know, the, yeah. the race tracks, they are nice. Uh, the racing seems really real. Mm-hmm. Probably from my understanding, a little bit less politics than in F1. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's been gaining popularity recently, and at least in the Euro- Europe, there's I know many people who follow follow that series, and uh, yeah, but let's see. <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, let's go through some uh, some rapid fire stuff before we get you out of here. First one: if you could redo any lap of your career, what would it be? That could be good or bad. It could be something you want to fix, or you just want to feel it again. Doesn't matter. You get to do one lap over of your career. What are you picking? Uh, the qualifying in uh, Barcelona 2019. I think it was my best lap. And the oh. feeling I had during that lap was uh, was nice. So it, could, it would be nice to feel it again. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great one. It's a great drive. Um, who's your best friend on the grid? Uh, my teammate, Guan Yu, Joe. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, okay, you mentioned traveling and all that stuff. And we had Pierre Gasly on a couple of weeks ago and I asked him his favorite travel tip and he said, never unpack. You go everywhere in the world. You've been Lawrence, Kansas, all this stuff. What is your number one travel tip for people who have to do it all the time and it's a grind? I know it's easy to say, but don't stress about it. It's like so many people, they stress when they are preparing to travel or are traveling. Just like breathe and, you know, <laughs> take it easy and, you know, things will go okay. And even if you lose your back on travels, eventually you'll get it back. So, yeah. I mean, just chill. That's my thing. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Your Instagram is wild. It is wild. We love it. It's, I, I think it's the best driver Instagram. What's your Instagram philosophy? Is it just, I'm doing something cool. I'm going to put it out, even if I'm, I'm, I'm only clothed a little bit or not clothed at all. Like, what is, what is the philosophy behind your Instagram? That's, the thing is, there's no philosophy. I just put stuff that <laughs> I feel like it's funny or what I want to post. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind, you know, uh, taking the piss out of myself either so um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no philosophy just fun i love that um you know obviously the driver's championship is over um it's it's a very end of season um when you're doing the last few races of the year what are you working on what do you, what is the self-improvement i mean you know i think us as fans we're trying to look at different things for the future and hey this car might be good for 2023 what are you watching and what are you doing um in the last few r- races of the season when everything is pretty much decided yeah, we as a team, we want to secure the sixth place in the constructors, which yep. uh, is the target for this year. And I want to secure the 10th place in the drivers for this year. But at the same time, we want to learn as much as we can for next year. We already have some parts in the car this race weekend that if they're good, that's going to benefit us also in the years to come. So it's really trying to learn and give as much feedback as I can to the team on what can we do better with next year's car. And yeah, now big focus on next year but at the same time we want to secure those those places and that means we need to score points all right absolute last question it's the last thing we do we ask every guest we have a thing called club kevin where you can induct anybody in the world into our basically what it's called a hall of fame so anybody gets a shout out doesn't matter could be a driver an athlete could be a, somebody you just saw on tv doesn't matter anybody you want to give a shout out to right at the end and uh you have the floor uh i would give shout out to arnold schwarzenegger oh it's a legend Legend, great actor, and uh, good character. Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's perfect. Valtteri, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Enjoy the weekend, and I appreciate your patience. 
Thank you. Thanks, man. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.